This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Goalie Ashwa Gummies. You can find them at goalie.com. Use promo code the Show Up That Foundation to get 10% off your order. Zendurance Active Wellness and Sports Nutrition. Their products are designed to maximize your health. At Zendurance, they strive to support and have a positive impact on the wellness of every hardworking dad. Use my code, the show up dad, and get 10% off your next purchase. For more info, go to www.zendurance.com. Tall Man Equipment, standing taller than the rest of the competition in Lyman Tools since 1952. Give them a follow at www.tallmanequipment.com. And last but not least, Adam Lane Smith. He is an attachment specialist who helps people to heal, connect, and build. Use my promo code SHOW, spelled S-H-O-W, for a 50% discount on his attachment boot camp course. Thank you. Welcome, friends. In this special episode of Marriage on the Line Lifeline, we dive deep into the transformative power of forgiveness within the context of marriage. Join me and my incredible wife, Jenny, as we share our personal journey and insights on this crucial topic. Marriage is a beautiful union, but it also comes with its fair share of challenges. We've experienced firsthand how conflicts, misunderstandings, and hurtful actions can strain the bonds of love. However, through forgiveness, we've discovered an extraordinary path towards healing and freedom. In this first episode of our forgiveness series, we will explore the true essence of forgiveness in the context of marriage. We discuss how forgiveness is not about forgetting or condoning hurtful actions, but rather about finding the strength to let go of resentment and rebuild trust. It's a process that requires vulnerability, empathy, and open communication. So without further ado, welcome to our show. Hey, babe, how's it going? Good. So glad to be here to talk about this really important topic. I'm sure that everybody can relate to this topic. Uh, and I'm sure that everyone at some point in time has dealt with unforgiveness or might even still be struggling with forgiveness. So let's discuss what forgiveness actually is. Can you kind of break that down for us, babe? Yeah. Um, forgiveness is all about not forgetting, right? But it's releasing what has happened to you, the traumatic incidents or whatever it may be. It's forgiveness is for you. It's not for the other person mm-hmm. was what I think. What do you think, Jenny? Yeah, I definitely think that you're right. As far as that goes, forgiveness is choosing to let go of a wrong that was done to you that, uh, without wanting to repay that person. Mm. Uh, I feel that, Sometimes we hold on to unforgiveness or resentment towards people or things or even God sometimes because we almost feel as if it gives us power over them or they somehow will have power over us if we release them of that. Mm. But it's not having to reconcile, correct? Not all situations require reconciliation absolutely especially for like say for instance we've had past guests on who had a father wound right which is a hurt they couldn't reconcile with their father because he may have passed away or whatever Mm -hmm. so for those instances sometimes it's not you're not capable of being able to go to that person and, and try to get that forgiveness right right and also 
there are some situations where a person is not healthy enough to reconcile a relationship with because they're not willing to deal with their own issues or have accountability for the pain that they've caused you, you still can forgive that person without reconciliation. Yes. Yeah. And that's where it falls back to it's for you, not for them, right? Right. I like to look at unforgiveness as drinking poison and wishing the other person to die. Yes, because that's what it does to you. Unforgiveness will eventually spread throughout your life and poison many areas of your life, especially your marriage and your close relationships. That's where you start to see it is it really starts to poison your relationships. So we really have to let go of that resentment. And actually it's a choice, right? Choose to move forward with compassion and acceptance of that. This has happened. I cannot change what has happened but I can choose going forward to not be a victim, to not let that hold you back, to not keep you in bondage. Yes. Oh man. I think that's a huge point because sometimes we can really get stuck Mm -hmm. with an attitude of looking back and saying, if I only did this, it would have never happened to me or things like that. And we end up living in the past in that pain instead of walking forward into the good future that we have in store for us or set for us by God. And when you choose to stay in the pain, you know, you just reap that kind of fruit in your life. Mm -hmm. You're just pulling that, like all that dirty fruit back into your present life. But that pain is back there. It's behind you, right? So I think that's a great point that you made. Yeah, for sure. It's like, man, I had a conversation the other day with a a couple of men and I told them, I was like, unforgiveness is like us being in a prison, right? It holds us in a prison, but we're the ones who have the key. Yeah. We can let ourselves out of it. Yes. Yes. And sometimes when you go on this journey of forgiveness, when you're dealing with people, we have a tendency to want to go to a person for and tell them we're going to forgive them, but it's with the expectation that they're going to take accountability <laughs> and not everyone is going to take accountability. You can still forgive somebody without them having to take accountability. Yes. Right. I, I, I like what Pastor Craig Castor said. He said, forgiveness is not fair and it is not just. Right. And also... We have received forgiveness from a a great God Mm -hmm. that is giving it to us unjustly. Like we don't really deserve it. And that is a great model of what we should emulate here on this earth. Absolutely. Plus not even, let's take that a step forward. How about for our kids? What are we showing our kids when mother and father are fighting and holding grudges against each other, but yet we're telling them to forgive their siblings when they steal their toy or hit them or call them a bad name or whatever, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it is about modeling. Yes, absolutely. I think too, that we really need to set up some healthy parameters around forgiveness mm-hmm. because especially in the context of marriage, if you are still in relationship with that person, like, the unique relationship that marriage is 
it is important that the other person does take accountability mm -hmm. uh, in order to reconcile your relationship and for both parties to be working on it. If one person is just a doormat and always forgiving harm and the other person is just moving forward, just, you know, causing a mess in the marriage without any accountability, that can be very harmful to people in the marriage. So we don't want to see those types of situations either. No, I think that would be bad to, to see that happening in any relationship, you know. Yeah. Um, I think with couples, we have an expectation, right? How do expectations play into unforgiveness? I like what you said about how we expect something, right? Mm -hmm. When we're when we're asking for forgiveness or whatever, we, or we expect that person to change or whatever. How is expectancy detrimental and forgive well i think as far as that goes we just really need to have an understanding that you're not responsible for the other person's actions mm. they are choosing to act a certain way for one mm -hmm. also if you have unspoken expectations that you haven't discussed with your spouse and then somehow you are holding an offense against them mm -hmm. because they didn't meet this expectation that they had no idea about. And that turns into undealt with anger and then unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment. That definitely needs to be an issue. So I think it's a two-part thing. Mm -hmm. One, the person that has expectations needs to talk about the expectations they have with their spouse. Two we need to be having appropriate and healthy boundaries. Three, we can't control our spouse. We need to understand that our spouse is their own person. Mm -hmm. They can choose for themselves and you cannot force somebody to change. No. And you cannot do the work for them. No. No, and I like that you said that we cannot force them to change because a lot of times we go into forgiveness thinking that, well hopefully hopefully if i show that i forgive that person or if i even go to that person that i harmed and i say i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry how many times have we've heard couples that the person the offender is always consistently saying sorry and never putting applicable life change to it behind it yes right? yeah there is a huge difference between Really apologizing and showing, backing up your words with action. Mm -hmm. You're moving away from the bad behavior and you're changing your ways as opposed to manipulation where you're just saying, I'm sorry to placate that person. Mm -hmm. So that way they will shut up basically. And this is where I'm saying like, you don't want to just be forgiving offenses over and over and over and somebody no. continues to hurt you uh, over and over and over. You can't, you need to forgive those offenses, but you don't have to reconcile unless there's true repentance behind it. And yes. that means apologizing and choosing to change the behavior. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And when we do that, we can choose, right? It's a choice, right? We can take that setback and we could choose to either make a comeback right? Because mm -hmm. we have setbacks when we're doing this, right? Because people make failures and stuff like that. But we could either let that 
be a setback or we can use it as a comeback to build something better than mm-hmm. before. Cause everybody makes bad decisions. Everybody, um, we're not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I agree. So what are some challenges that you see in marriage that people will face when it comes to forgiving and the forgiving process? I believe pride, especially for men, ego pride, right? A lot of times we cannot forgive based off of how it made us feel, Mm -hmm. right? I think a lot of times um, we make it about ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? And we hold on to that wound. It's weird. I know for me, like I'll hold on to a wound because I get comfortable with it. And when I'm holding on to it, it's almost like a green light or a hall pass to be anger at that person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If that, if that makes sense, like it's a right. It's like, okay, well, they did this to me. So I can choose to act like this. I have a right to act like so this. So it's the, you utilize the anger and the unforgiveness is utilized as a justification for your bad behavior. Absolutely. And yeah. I, I see that a lot. I, I'm guilty of that myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been working on that, but uh, I see that a lot in men. You know, well, they did this or she did this, you know, and it's like, okay, well, that still doesn't justify why you're acting. Two wrongs don't make a right. I can see myself doing those same things too, Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, well, they're acting like this. So I'm going to go ahead and do this. Or you might not even consciously know that you're holding on to unforgiveness and then justifying bad behavior in other areas of your life and not really realize that it's the unforgiveness that is causing you to have this attitude, like this piss poor attitude. And so I feel like a lot of the time Mm -hmm. when you just have a ton of anger that is undealt with or issues that are undealt with, and it turns into unforgiveness, Mm -hmm. you build resentment or you can build, you build resentment. I kind of lost my train of thought there for a second, but uh, (laughs) no, it's not your fault. Um, I feel that when you start build like building those things, mm-hmm. you develop a, you know what? I'm going to have to get back to that because I can't remember what I was going to say. I'm so sorry. It was probably good. It, it was probably really good. It'll come back out here in a second. Come back. Come back. So, <laughs> Don't go into the light. <laughs> or go into the Where light. are my cognitive mushrooms that I need to take? <laughs> right, right, right. Give me some lion's mane. <laughs> but uh, going back to that pride thing that I'm talking about with men, you know what I mean? It, it is. It's it's like a it's like a passport, right? It's it it's we think that we don't to forgive because of a hurt upon us, right? Yeah. And I see a lot of times, even just to cap off of what you're saying, a lot of wounds, a lot of father wounds. What we're going to get into in our next series, talking about fathers, you know, um, having those wounds that we carry with us into our relationships or our past. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we bring that into our marriage. We don't deal with it, and all of a sudden it just starts building up and we have this anger and then this anger, we don't even know why we're angry. And next thing you know, it's turning into this thing where we're projecting that pain onto our spouse and and onto our children. Right. And all along, it's not even them. It's a past issue that we haven't forgiven. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We can see those things definitely pop up uh, over time. They just Mm -hmm. kind of 
burn on below the surface and, you know, create all these different problems. I know another challenge that couples probably face in the forgiveness process is shame. Wow. I know for me, uh, when you bring up something that I've done that causes me shame, that I'm ashamed of, that I acted a certain way, or I'm ashamed that I said something, or I did something that was very hurtful. It's very difficult for me to face my own shame Mm -hmm. and to take accountability of that issue because I just feel so ashamed. Mm. And then I want to turn it, turn the problem off the spotlight off of me. And then, you know, kind of redirect it your way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You start casting stones, right? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of dealing with it, you know, but also too, it's good to hear you say that because a lot of times when I'm discussing or bringing these things up to you, and I've seen couples do this as well, mm-hmm. men will take, or I will take offense because I don't know what's going on. I don't know. It's the shame that you're dealing with or whatever. It's just, I'm bringing you this unique subject or whatever, right? This, this act, right. That's troubling me. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're ashamed. So you kind of are dismissive about it. You don't want to talk about it right per se because mm-hmm. you're 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 not feeling good about it right mm-hmm. obviously and when you do that then we take it as like man doesn't this person care mm-hmm. i'm in pain or i'm bringing up this uh this problem that i have mm-hmm. and it, it's almost like you've dismissed it you know what i mean so i could see how that can really cause conflict within a marriage you know especially if you don't know that that's what actually is happening so that's why communication is a big part a forgiveness process, right? Yeah. Dismissive behavior um, makes your partner feel like you don't matter. Yeah. Well, that's not showing empathy. Right. You just, and I understand that dismissive behavior is like what you say. It's kind of like a uh, survival tactic Mm -hmm. that you kind of learn like you want to redirect the conversation back onto the other person, or you dismiss the feelings because you yourself mm-hmm. can't face your own stuff. Yeah. But if we realize and we learn to take accountability for our own actions, mm-hmm. we are actually giving ourselves a gift too. Yes. We're giving us the gift to be able to fix it and no longer be a victim. Because if you are saying the whole time, my spouse is the problem. Mm. I have nothing to do with the marriage problems. Then you're a victim in that marriage Mm -hmm. and you can do nothing about it. Mm -hmm. You don't have the power because you can't change your spouse. You can only change yourself. But if you say, I have done some things that are hurtful and done some wrong things and I am choosing to change Mm -hmm. you just gave yourself the ability to the power to change your life Mm -hmm. and if both spouses in the marriage choose to do that to take accountability to treat the other person with empathy and to work on themselves you both now have the power to change your situation Mm. instead of being a victim yeah because that victim mentality man it's bad it's torn up more marriages than anything i've ever seen yeah it's so easy to say you're the problem yeah because then the light's not on you yeah 
And most of the time, a lot of our problems are deep rooted mm -hmm. issues that go back to childhood. Mm -hmm. And your spouse is just a mirror for the things that are hurting inside of you. Yes. So when you're triggered by your spouse's behavior, it's because something similar happened to you as a child. Mm -hmm. It's difficult for you to deal with. You haven't dealt with it yet. You need to deal with it because it's in there festering. You know, that's why the Bible talks about how trials are like uh, the furnace for gold and silver mm -hmm. and it refining. brings the dross up to the top so you could scrape it off yeah it's a refining process it's a refining process well the trials in your marriage if you view them as that as you know these prickly little things reflections of what's hurting what's hurting inside of you rather than what's wrong with your spouse and you look towards yourself and take accountability and ask you know why is this trial hurting me? Why am I upset in this problem? Why do we re keep having these reoccurring problems? Mm -hmm. Then God can reveal to you, you can look deep inside yourself and see what part of you needs to be healed. Absolutely. And that's a whole stigma that's going around right, around right now that's so popular that uh, I believe Jocko Willink and his group has extreme ownership. That's what extreme ownership is. I don't even know if they know that that's biblical. You're taking responsibility for you, not for your spouse, but you yeah. and how you respond, how you react. It's a great movement. I think that yeah. uh, I love that more and more people are talking about ownership and accountability because uh, too often so many of us have experienced pain at the hand of another person mm -hmm. and they just can't take accountability or or ownership and if you really think about it how great would it feel to hear an apology from somebody but we have to remember that the apology isn't going to set you free mm -mm. the for you choosing forgiveness is really what's going to set you free and you don't need an apology for that no no not at all and it, and, and forgiveness also isn't forgetting it's not it's no, not absolutely not i mean obviously there's still pain there's still trauma associated with that pain mm -hmm. or or unforgiveness or whatever whatever uh trespass that has happened against you mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. there's going to be those things that are associated it just doesn't go away right right yeah and i think we hear so often right mm -hmm. if you forgive then you just need to forget just forgive and forget or you'll hear a spouse be like, well, why are you bringing this up again? Or mm -hmm. something like that. I, I feel that spouses will bring up a topic over and over again because it hasn't really thoroughly been worked out. Yes. It's trauma that needs to be worked out. Right. And sometimes that doesn't mean the other spouse has to fix it. Sometimes that just means the other spouse needs to be an empathetic ear mm -hmm. and say, you know what? I'm so sorry that I did that. I love you. I'm on your team. Mm -hmm. I'll sit here and listen, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, it's crazy because men tend to go into that problem solving mode, right? We try to fix it in an attempt like, okay, here's this person's broken. 
you know, um, they're bringing up this problem over and over and over again. I must not be helping. I need to jump in this again and let's try it again. Let me try to solve this problem. And I just want to tell you guys and brothers that are listening, you don't need to solve every single problem your wife brings to you mm-hmm. at all. You yeah. know, it's that empathetic ear, correct? Yeah. In fact, a lot of the time I will come to you not wanting you to solve it. I just want you to hear me. Yeah. But what's helped, what's helped me to stop doing that. And and women, if you're listening to this, maybe you can try this with your husbands is let them know right out the gate. Like I had to tell my wife, you need to tell me, do you want me to help you solve this? Or you just want me to listen? What do you need from me? What, what David do you need from me at this moment? Yeah. Sometimes you I don't, don't even, know I don't that. know what I need from you. <laughs> and so I'll start talking and stuff like that. And then you'll start going in into problem solving mode. And then I'll realize once you get into the problem solving mode, then I'll realize and I'll be like, you know, what, honey, I don't need you to solve the problem. I just need you to hear me. Yeah. So I, as long as at some point you kind of realize what you need, I feel that if you start a conversation and you both start feeling very frustrated. Mm hmm because the man's trying to problem solve and the woman just wants to be heard and you don't recognize those things yet. If there is some kind of frustration, you guys need to stop. Think about what it is that you need from the other person and then come back when you're calm. Yeah. Cause it tends to get kind of heated. <laughs> yeah. Because huge fights can start out of just telling you, venting about your day with your boss or whatever and then all of a sudden that unforgiveness starts boiling to the top mm-hmm. and well you didn't bring me flowers on my birthday for you know oh, the past gosh. 10 years or you know what I mean the all the little things will start coming up because those are unforgiveness little nuggets that haven't been dealt with yep. that have now brewed into a stew <laughs> oh a mess <laughs> well it's so true because like the other day we had that argument and uh, next thing you know, you're bringing up something, a, a whole different topic. I didn't even know you were talking about. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Where is this coming from? And then it's like, oh, okay. And then you caught yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah that's definitely true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I need to get a little bit better at coming to you mm-hmm. with issues when they happen. Uh-huh. Sometimes I don't really know that it bugs me until like a couple of days later, or if I'm thinking about it all day and I'm like, I don't mm. really like that way that happened. And then sometimes I feel like I don't always have an opportunity to talk about it because I'm so busy and you're so busy. And mm. then I'll just let it go and it'll turn into undealt with anger, which turns into bitterness and unforgiveness. And we don't want it to lead into a place of resentment. Yeah. Resentment is bad. Yeah, it's definitely something you don't want to fall into at all. Why is resentment bad, do you think? Resentment is a horrible thing that twists a fleshy, soft, empathetic heart into a hard, callous person. Mm. It'll turn your, your heart hard. And the greatest example of that is Cain and Abel. Yeah. And resentment is basically when you hold an offense towards somebody because you felt they did you wrong Mm -hmm. and it turns into you wanting 
to make them pay. And you might not even realize that you want them to pay because you might not be doing things outwardly, but in your mind and in your thoughts, if you're really honest with yourself, you know you're in resentment because you're thinking about life without that person or you're thinking you're hoping they'll die, you know, things like that because you're angry with your boss or stuff like that. Yeah, you definitely are entertaining thoughts. That's why the Bible says to take all thoughts captive, yeah. right? Because when you're listening, you know, and let's let's face it, you basically are, are listening to demons, mm -hmm. you know? That's what you're doing. You're listening to all the bad things. You're focusing on all the bad things that have happened in your life instead of letting those things go and forgiving those things and trying to move forward in your life. You're allowing yourself to stay stuck in that position to where you're replaying over and over and over again. And that's what hardens your heart. Your heart starts getting these layers, this, this hard, um, rigidness around your heart until finally you're shut off and i've seen that even with uh couples to where they come into counseling or whatever they ask the husband how's it going how's your marriage you know and the husband's completely happy and excited about that he's like oh yeah our marriage is going good we stopped fighting she's not arguing with me at all and next thing you know we ask the spouse well how's it going for you and she's like i want a divorce right? That's a dangerous place to be. That's resentment at its worst right there. Mm -hmm. What has happened in that situation is that she finally has given up hope. Your wife is fighting, fighting for that marriage. And that's why she keeps bringing up these, these issues, these issues that keep coming up because she wants change and she finally gives up hope. And that's why there's a silence there for a while. Mm -hmm. It's not that the marriage got better or anything like that. What it is, is she has given up hope and a wife will check out mentally before she checks out physically. Mm -hmm. So the man thinks that it's good. Meanwhile, the wife is like, I've already moved on, brother. Mm -hmm. And it is so devastating to see that look on a man's face when he hears those words. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I think a lot of guys are blindsided. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh... A lot of men start working on the marriage too late, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel I'm not a man, but just from our conversations that when a woman brings up issues that she wants worked on in the marriage, sometimes a man will take it as a personal offense against themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's why they don't want to talk about it. Whereas the woman is really just saying, I love our marriage. I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you, but we have some problems mm -hmm. and I can't go on living blinded to those problems because those problems hurt. And I need you as my partner to help me work through those problems. I think a lot of times though, when, like you said, the, the man takes an offense to that, right? When mm -hmm. you bring it up. I think a lot of times men know that they need to make a change. They just don't know how. And when we don't know how, because of pride or ego or whatever, we feel ashamed. Mm -hmm. We need help. Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that's where we need to put down that pride and be like, look, I understand that I have these issues. Mm -hmm. I understand that you're bringing these issues up to me. I just don't know how to fix them. Mm -hmm. I think if we're able to humble ourselves in that aspect, 
instead of taking a shame or, or, or taking an offense to it. Cause I know I used to take offense mm-hmm. all the time. You bring something up to me. It was so painful or hurtful, or I felt very ashamed that I did that or acted that way mm-hmm. that I would just have to get louder in an attempt to shut you down mm-hmm. because I didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. So seeing that taught to me in, in the past, you know, even just growing up with my father, I had to be the one to get louder to get you to be quiet, mm-hmm. to silence your voice. Because yeah. I didn't want to deal with the pain. Yeah. And you were a much stronger uh, person personality <laughs> than me. I'm a much more, you know, go with the flow, easy type of personality. So that's where, you know, some resentment had built up in our own marriage where I, my voice wasn't being heard, but I care about our marriage and I wanted what you thought was nagging was me saying, I want to work on things. <laughs> but, you know, it turned, it turned ugly because I couldn't say it in, in a nice way. So I started saying it in mean ways. So that way you, I would get your attention. So we kind of discussed a bunch of the conditions that could take place in a marriage that would create the need for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So Let's talk about how we start the process of forgiving. Okay. What are some things people can do to start that process? Should they, you know, write a list? Yeah, I think writing a list would definitely help, you know, because a lot of times until you actually put thought to paper, Mm -hmm. you're just going to come up with all kinds of stuff off the top of your head, right? When you're sitting there and you're being intentional, and you're writing down things, you're thinking about things, more things are going to come up. So that's a great, great idea right there, writing these things down. I definitely think if you feel that you might have unforgiveness, or even if you think you don't have unforgiveness, sometimes Mm -hmm. we do, and we don't think we have an issue. I know that's happened with me several times. Mm -hmm. I think that you should get into some prayer yeah. Worship God a little bit. Ask God to reveal to you where you're harboring unforgiveness in your heart. And then write down some names of people that you need to forgive. Mm-hmm. Pastor Craig Caster kind of talked to us about, you know, writing a letter to some people. Yes. Yes. Especially those that are no longer living with us. Mm-hmm. You know? Or people that you can no no longer go to because you're not in contact with them or it's not safe to be in contact with them. Definitely write a letter to those people of how they hurt you. Mm -hmm. And then maybe even possibly have a conversation with the people without the expectation for them to take accountability. And I think that happens a lot with uh, children, siblings and and their or, or even children with their parents. I know a lot of times when you go to your parents, they are kind of dismissive of the fact that they did anything or they forgot or whatever. I did the best I could. I did the best I could. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. And that leaves your children feeling horrible because it's like, man, I had these so many, I have all these things that have happened and I want to, you know, I just want to bring them to your attention when that person is dismissive about it, you know, you can get offended by that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You almost want them to take accountability and mm-hmm. say, yeah, I was, you know, I did this and I hurt you. 
you don't want them groveling, but at the same time, you kind of want an acknowledgement, acknowledgement of the pain that they caused you. Exactly. And we just have to accept that true forgiveness doesn't require that. It's not fair. It's not always fair. And sometimes we have to absorb that wrongdoing mm -hmm. and we take it and we choose what we're going to do with it. We're either going to hide that wrongdoing in our heart and allow it to fester and turn into that gross, bitter stew, mm -hmm. or we can choose to release it to God. And I just want to say this, forgiveness doesn't always mean that you feel like you've forgiven. It's a choice you make every day. Yeah, it's definitely not a feeling. <laughs> You're just not going to wake up one day and be like, oh, yeah, I completely forgot. And oh, I forgive that person. No, it is a constant decision that we got to consistently make. Yes. Every single day. Yes. And that's part of maturity and, yeah. and growing to a space of emotional maturity. You have to choose to make the right decisions. And if you need to really talk about things, mm -hmm. you know, there's tons of people out there. You can get therapy, go to church, get involved in a positive group, get around some positive friends that are there to support you. Podcasts like this. Yes. Uh, you know, reach out. And, you know, if you need to talk about those things, write a journal. If you feel like you don't have anybody. Mm-hmm. Definitely get around some positive people and remember not to dwell in the pain mm -hmm. for long. It's okay to visit that pain mm -hmm. in order to work on it and be pro like proactive and progressive with that work. But if you're just living in that pain, you're not going to release forgiveness like to that person. How could one manage that? like lingering pain and hurt and stuff like that while you're going through the forgiveness process. How can you manage that? You have to take time uh -huh. to process the emotions, but you kind of need to, I would suggest scheduling it. Scheduling. So say, for instance, if you're still dealing with a lot of pain regarding a situation uh -huh. and it's in your marriage, I would say take some time to journal a little bit every day to mm -hmm. process your pain and then ask your spouse if you could talk a little bit about it for maybe, you know, set aside like a half an hour, say, Hey, can we talk about this just for a half an hour? I'd love for you to listen to me. And then just only do it for that time, an hour of writing, go about your day mm -hmm. and then half an hour of discussing it. I like that you said, Go about your day. Go about your day, exactly. Yeah. But I also like that you said you have to schedule it, right? Because you definitely don't want to hit your spouse up after he's worked 16, 18 hours a day. He's tired. He's exhausted. He comes home and you're hitting him up. I didn't like the way you told me this two weeks ago or whatever, right? You're not going to get a good reaction. It's not going to be fruitful yeah. from him. So definitely schedule it. And I like, like when you tell me, I mean, Hey, can you set a part time? Because, you know, mm -hmm. we're busy people, uh, you know, you don't live in Southern California and not be busy. Right. So when you have a busy schedule like that, you always got to work on a schedule. And I like that because then I could set aside time to be able to prepare myself mentally 
what I need to do for you at that moment. Yeah. Whether it be listening or problem solving or just helping you navigate through whatever it is that's troubling you. That's a great perspective because from our perspective, we're thinking about it all day. Whoever's hurt. Yeah. They're thinking about it all day. They're, you know what I mean? They're doing other tasks probably, but those thoughts can be intrusive sometimes, mm. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And so if you schedule time out with your spouse, uh, then you can prepare for those emotions and you also can go into it without pouncing. Yes. Right? Yes. You can go into it and say, hey, thank you so much for, you know, joining with me and showing me that I'm a priority in your life mm -hmm. by wanting to sit here and be empathetic and kind of sit in my pain with, with me for 30 minutes. How has me doing that, right? From uh, in contrast to me not doing that to me doing that. How did that make you feel? Was it like a night and day contrast or like? It just, it, to me, when you started being able to sit in my pain with me, mm -hmm. I didn't feel alone anymore. Okay. Because you can be married and have somebody in your life every day, all the time. Mm -hmm. And feel completely alone. Wow. And when your spouse willingly chooses to make you a priority, even though it's uncomfortable for them, mm -hmm. but they're saying, you know, I'll push through and I'll do this with you uh, and just allow that person to kind of talk. Mm -hmm. It makes you not feel alone. So do you feel being a stay, let's say for a stay-at-home mom or for the brothers that have their families or wives at home while they go and work a hard day or whatever in this trade, um, do you feel that them being alone and then their husbands not communicating with their spouse or giving them that time to be able to vent like that, coupled like that, that so it's like a double whammy, right, of aloneness for both people for both people, right? I feel that when both people feel very alone, mm -hmm. you end up outsourcing your, you start utilizing other methods to anesthetize the pain. Mm. So when two people aren't coming together regularly to fight through their trials and work together as a marriage and suffer together and hold each other up in mm -hmm. moments of hardship and stuff like that you'll find that both couples will have their own coping mechanisms. Yes. One person, like the, the man will probably have some type of hobby that just totally, you know, he's very majorly into, yeah, right? Focused on, yeah, definitely. So focused on, will choose that over spending time with the kids and the family and stuff. And the woman will probably most likely be so enmeshed with her children mm. and her work or whatever that she doesn't that's where she gets like her you know good feelings her from dopamine, and it yeah. just kind of like you know ices over all that pain you don't have to face it but if you guys actually sit together mm -hmm. and talk about the pain because I know a lot of the time you'll come to me too you need it too oh for sure yeah it's a, it's like a dopamine hit for me seriously like, like you need to be with me and talk with me and connect connect you'll tell me like, let's go for a walk because you know that we'll get undivided attention to talk mm, especially with children 
Yes. You, you sometimes you guys need to prioritize your marriage um and come together and and reconnect with your spouse, you know what I mean? Cuz you're not going to be the best version of yourselves if you guys are not connected. When you start feeling that degree of separation, Mm-hmm. that's when the children start feeling it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, the children aren't blind to what's going on within the marriage. They know and they see and they even feel when there's a, an atmosphere that's thick, right? Absolutely, yes. You know what I mean? So it actually behooves you to have those connections with your spouse, whether it be on a walk or even a talk or scheduling, like we discussed, right? Mm-hmm. When we can come together and 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 try to be the best version of ourselves we possibly can be for our families, right? I definitely want to say this. If you are going to schedule time to discuss your pain with your spouse and your spouse has caused some of that pain to you, mm-hmm. reframe from attacking them as a person. Yes. Wow. Only discuss the pain that you have felt. Do not attack them because it makes it an unsafe situation Mm -hmm. and your spouse will not want to sit with you in your pain. Absolutely not. When you come and you're finger whipping me, there is no way in hell, excuse my language, that I want to sit there. You don't, nobody wants to sit there. Yeah. If you hurt me for whatever reason, and I'm telling you, I'm dishing out the insults and I'm telling you that you are an incapable father or you just, you know, are horrible and all these things, Mm -hmm. you are not going to want to sit there with me. No, absolutely not. And that's abuse. Why would you? We don't condone that at all. On both ends. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. Definitely. So I would say if you're going to have these conversations, you want to stick with discussing your own pain Mm -hmm. and say, if that person did something to you, say, when you did this, it made me feel like this. Yes. Instead of you always do this to me every single time you can say, yeah, if there is a pattern, say, you know, I have recognized that there is a bit of a pattern. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if you understand how it's affecting me Mm -hmm. but this is what is happening to me it's a and as a result that is affecting our marriage and i believe that you as my spouse also want to remain married Mm. because we can get to a headspace where we believe our spouse is the enemy absolutely especially if they don't want to get on board and 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 they don't want to work on themselves. Because I mean, seriously, that's telling you, like, say, if I refuse to work on myself, like I did for many years, right? Mm-hmm. That's telling you that I don't value the relationship. Yes. Right. Because not doing anything is making a choice. It is. And you are choosing, you're not choosing the marriage. I need that to be very clear. When somebody chooses not to work on themselves for the benefit of their family and their children and their life, you are making a choice Mm -hmm. when you just sit there. Because I know a lot of the times people can get into a position of, it's very scary to make a choice. Yeah. It's hard to change. I don't know what's going to happen if I choose this. The reality is that if you don't make a choice, that in itself is a choice. Mm-hmm. And that choice is negative against the marriage. Absolutely. And I think that's where women start breeding resentment. 
Well, men too. I mean, there's plenty of women out there that aren't willing to work on themselves either. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's crazy because like, I've talked to, to guests and, and, and other men, right. And they're like completely blown away how their wife has a spending habit. Mm -hmm. Right. They're just completely blown away. And they're, it's like, and I'm, I'm like thinking to myself, like, well, have you talked to them about this and stuff like that? And then they're like, yeah. it's like, well, what are you doing about it? Like, what are you doing to change your behavior? Like you can't control her, but what is causing her to have these spending habits? Like, what can you control in your realm, your mm -hmm. atmosphere, mm -hmm. right? What can you work on? And have you guys even talked about it? Like, cause a lot of times undealt, undealt pain or trauma or anger causes us to do things that we're not even aware of. Uh, yeah. 100%. I can say time and time again. And as I look back through our almost 18 year marriage now, mm -hmm. I can see that many of the things I did were actually in an effort to manipulate the situation or not to feel pain or, you know, all different types of things. Both parties are always, you know, have space and room for improvement. Absolutely. In it takes two people, two yes. people. It's not them, 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 or you, 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 it's two people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So those are a couple of tips that we can do and use in order to start the process of healing and, and, you know, giving forgiveness to people that have hurt us. Start with praying, asking God to reveal to you those people that have hurt you, mm -hmm. write those names down, then write a letter to each person. If you have a lot of resentment and anger, built up inside of you over a long period of time towards a parent or something, it's probably best to write a letter to them first before you go and discuss it with that person. So it's not so negatively charged. Mm -hmm. Remember not to expect them to be accountable. Mm -hmm. And then once you have made the choice to forgive them, you work on that every day and choose to do the right things every day. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, it doesn't always mean that you have to reconcile. Exactly. And another thing too, just to add to that, I want to talk about um, faith. Okay. Now we're not Bible thumpers or by any means or nothing like that. Um, but there is a lot of good value to having faith, faith and believing it's something, right? Especially for those couples that are going through really hard stuff right now. Okay, you don't understand why it's happening to you. You've probably gone through the whole process of uh, seeking personal help or, or professional help and all that. And it's still not working for you. Okay, faith comes in play when you have nowhere else to go, when you have hit rock bottom. And I just want to tell you couples out there, if you're in that place right now, in that dark place where you don't know where else to go, I want to tell you good. And what I mean by good is that now God can show up for you and start helping you. I had to hit rock bottom the same exact way. And a personal friend of mine who we're going to have on here later on talking about uh, uh, forgiveness of his father and stuff like that, a good, a good dear fr friend of mine. And a mentor. And a mentor. 
he told me one day when I came to him and I asked him, I'm like, man, I, I feel like giving up. I can't do anything right. Um, there's nothing that I can do that's going to help me in our marriage or anything like that. And he's like, really? I said, yeah. And he's like, you're going to hate me for telling you this. I was like, what? He's like, good. And I kind of looked at him and I was kind of blown away by his, his act, you know, his response to me. And I'm like, what do you mean? Good. And he's like, good. Cause now God can show up for when you are weak. He is strong. He told me, and that is absolutely true. So no matter where you guys are at in your relationship right now, God will never leave you nor forsake you. But you need to start making choices, right? The right choice. Yes. Yeah. And just to kind of piggy back on that, keep in mind that when we make bad choices, we are not exempt of the consequences no. of those choices. And I know God is amazing and he is great and he can work miracles in our lives. But sometimes there are consequences we do have to face because we chose bad. Uh, and that's where accountability can really help us heal and can help those that we've hurt heal. And I also just want to let you all know that if you enjoyed this topic of unforgiveness and want to hear more about it, we are going to do a few more topics regarding unforgiveness. Like David said, we will have a podcast coming up here about forgiving your father. Mm -hmm. We will actually do one on forgiving God. I have a story regarding that and my chronic illness that I've experienced and a lot of the pain that I've suffered in my life and realizing how much unforgiveness I actually had towards God and the shame of actually having unforgiveness towards God. And I also want to say that we are going to do a talk about affairs and how affairs can be a result of resentment. Mm, yes. And, uh, and how to forgive in an affair and when it's appropriate to reconcile if somebody has had an affair in a marriage. So stay tuned for those episodes that will be coming out here in the near future. And yeah. Yeah. And if you guys haven't checked out our shop, as you guys know, we are a nonprofit 501c3. So we have all this cool swag and gear and stuff like that, that my wife has created in our show up shop. And check it out, man. There's some really cool stuff on there. There's shirts, there's mugs, there's uh, onesies, there's baby blankets, everything possible. All proceeds go to helping us support our ministry. And we thank you guys for listening. And remember, don't let your family's pain be predicated by the choices you make. Thank you.